0: Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's part three of Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 13, verses 1 through 16, called You Belong to Me. Now there's
1: verses here that we've Uh, we're just gonna touch on because it's a reiteration of a feast that we've studied in depth, but I want you to notice just a few things. Verse four, on this day in the month of Abib, now you have, this is the Passover month. Abib was the original name. It came to be known as Nisan later, uh, and that was connected to the Babylonian captivity, but you go out in the month of Abib. Now, this is the first time that this is mentioned, the actual calendar month. You are to go forth. And it shall be when the Lord brings you to the land, that's the promised land, of the Canaanite, the Hittite, the Amorite, the Hivite, the Jebusite, the Norkite. No, it doesn't say that. Which he swore to your fathers to give you, a land flowing with milk and honey, that is a picture of a land that will produce plenty, that you shall observe this rite in this month. For seven days you shall eat unleavened bread. And on the seventh day there shall be a feast to the Lord, a celebration, joy, joy, Unleavened bread shall be eaten throughout the seven days of the feast. Nothing leaven shall be seen among you, nor shall any leaven be seen among you in all your borders. Now this anticipates the promised land. And basically it says, get all the leaven out within your borders. Personal application, get the leaven out within your borders, wherever it is that you dwell, wherever it is that you live, get it out. Now, what should have taken probably a couple of weeks, a few weeks, or months, most of the people hearing this would be thinking, oh, we can implement these things next Abib, next spring. Did they? Oh, no, no, no. It took them 40 years of what should have taken weeks or months. They were just going from Egypt, the country below Israel, to the north, To go to Israel. It wasn't that long of a journey. But round and round and round they went. And why? Because they weren't sanctified. They had gotten the instruction but didn't live it out. Here's an example. Some of you have been on this vicious cycle of sin. And you go round and round. And the off ramp is staring you in the face. But you say, I can't see well at night. It's dark. And (laughs) excuses, right? And you haven't taken the off ramp. And around and around you go. And God says, take the off ramp. Ah, next time around. Mm -hmm. Take the off ramp. Ah, next time around. I kind of like the scenery over here. You've got to take the off ramp. And Israel didn't. And they wandered and wandered. And get this. this This is hard truth. And they were all laid low in the wilderness. They all perished and didn't enter into the promises. Why? Unbelief? Unsanctified? They wouldn't live out who they actually were. And so they stayed stuck. And God gave them things by which they would remember or through which they would remember. So suppose that your son ask about this leaven thing and he says, uh, well, why do you guys do this every year? Why do we got to change every Sunday? <laughs> it's because of what the Lord did for me when I came out of Egypt. It shall serve as a sign on your hand and as a reminder on your forehead that the law of the Lord may be in your mouth. For with a powerful hand, the Lord brought you out of Egypt. Son, daughter, I was a slave to my sin and the Lord brought me out and he saved me. That's why we do what we do. That's why we live the way that we live. Notice in verse nine, these realities will be a sign. The hand is mentioned, the forehead, the mouth. Now, for the Jews, this is, what, this is how this became a reality for them. They took what was essentially metaphors. The hand is what you do. The mouth is what you speak. The head is what you think. And they literalized them. And they made something called phylacteries, which is mentioned in verse 16. Phylacteries are scripture boxes. If you've ever gone to Israel, seen pictures, you'll see people with like a box on their head and it's wrapped almost like a bandana. And you're like, what's the deal with that? Well, inside of that is scripture. Scripture. And you'll see it on their hand and they, they wrap it on their hand and they have a scripture box there as well. And the scripture, interestingly enough, we'll talk about this at the end, is from the book of Hosea and it talks about that they're betrothed to God and they repeat it in a prayer. They had the outward sign, but Jesus said it this way, these people draw near to me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. The mind, the forehead, what you think. Turn over to Matthew 23. The hand, what you do. The mouth, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You want to read a hard sermon, read Jesus' words in Matthew 23. You will forever eliminate from your mind that Jesus was just the mild, meek, gentle one with the lamb around his shoulders. He was mild and meek, yes, but notice what he says here. This is Matthew 23. Jesus spoke to the multitude's and to his disciples, 23.1 of Matthew. He said, The scribes and the Pharisees have seated themselves in the chair of Moses. That's our author. Therefore, all that they tell you do and observe, but do not do according to their deeds, for they say things and do not do them. three four. They t- tie up heavy loads. They lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves are unwilling to move them with so much as a finger. They do all their deeds to be noticed by men. They broaden their phylacteries. They make them as big as possible. Make that box bigger. Walking around, the box is so big, you're just walking down like this. And you look super spiritual to people. But does that change anything? Most people are turned off by false religion because they don't see it as authentic. Once you've known the real thing, have you ever experienced this? Say you turn on the television and you see a representation of so-called christianity and you can smell it from a thousand miles away that's a rat <laughs> that people that that preacher is ripping off those people i start talking to the tv like i do when my team is losing i try to coach them from the other side of the screen anybody else do that what were you thinking put him in now pull that guy come on dave roberts cannot hear me when i speak <laughs> To the television, I don't know what's going on, especially lately, but we won't go there. They, they love the place of honor at banquets six, the chief seats in the synagogues, respectful greetings in the marketplace and being called by men, rabbi. You can go on and read it, but here's the point. They make these outward signs, but the, the metaphors are about inward realities. You have a helmet of salvation. You have a sword that you take with your hand. You have a belt of truth. You want the truth to come out of your mouth. These are metaphors. They are spiritual principles. Yes, I wear a bracelet that says Joshua 24, 15. I wear another bracelet that my wife gave me. I have a wedding ring on. I have a ring from Israel translated from or in Hebrew, but it says I am not ashamed of the gospel. I could put all of this on, but if I'm not acting like a believer, what does it really matter? That's why some of you have taken Christian bumper stickers off of your car. And we say, praise the Lord. We've seen you drive. And it's a scary thing. Even out of a church parking lot. Praise the Lord. Right? Have you ever been somewhere where, let's just say that you were walking in the flesh and you realized you had a Christian t-shirt on? Ever done that before? Oh, nobody wants to admit to that one. But here it is, right? You've got the the garb on, but you ain't acting like a Christian. You're not thinking like a Christian. And then you realize, oh, I should be representing. Right? The Lord is not so so much concerned about our Christian T-shirts or our bumper stickers. What he wants is our hearts. Amen? Because when it starts there, everything else will flow from it. And that's what Jesus confronted. Religious hypocrisy were some of his harshest words. Back to Exodus and we'll finish it. Chapter 13. And so he gave them these tangible reminders, but it was, it was not about wearing phylacteries. A day is coming, brethren, when people will be asked to put a mark either on their hand or their forehead. The mark will be 666. Whether it's a literal mark is up for debate, but I will tell you this, here's what it represents. The people who take that mark will be essentially saying, I don't belong to him, I belong to him, the beast. And anyone who takes the mark, the Bible says, will be condemned. There's no going back. And the mark is not here today, so don't anybody get nervous But I'll tell you what, we have some precursors going on. We better take note. We got some stuff about control going on that is sobering. And we're going to have to be praying for wisdom from God. But here's the thing. There are going to be a group of people who take the mark either on their hand or their forehead, and they will be saying, I don't belong to him. I belong to the Antichrist. And why is it? Because I want to be able to buy groceries. We, we could certainly understand that. You can't buy or sell without it. But have you noticed how easy people can be controlled? Oh, my goodness. Now, I'm not trying to, uh, you know, be. I don't want to make you feel uncomfortable. If you've gone through something, have a health issue, have concerns, all of that. But here's what I'm saying. Ultimately, there's a day coming when people are going to basically say, I will prefer this mark to that mark because, and they'll do it for pragmatic reasons, but they'll also ultimately worship this false Christ. That's what the Bible teaches.
0: You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. We would love to hear from you. You can email Pastor Michael with a question that you might have had on the teaching today, or maybe you have a question about something else, or you need encouragement or prayer. Maybe you would like to share how Pastor Michael's teachings have blessed you. You can email Pastor Michael at this email address, contact at walkintruth.com. That's contact at walkintruth.com. Once more, contact at walkintruth.com. Com. And thanks for reaching out. You can also find our mailing address on walkintruth.com. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance right here on Walk and Truth.
1: Either on their hand or their forehead. And they will be saying, I don't belong to him. I belong to the Antichrist. And why is it? Because I want to be able to buy groceries. We, we could certainly understand that. You can't buy or sell without it. But have you noticed how easy people can be controlled Oh, my goodness. Now, I'm not trying to, uh, you know, be, I don't want to make you feel uncomfortable. If you've gone through something, have a health issue, have concerns, all of that. But here's what I'm saying. Ultimately, there's a day coming when people are going to basically say, I will prefer this mark to that mark because... And they'll do it for pragmatic reasons, but they'll also ultimately worship this false Christ. That's what the Bible teaches. And we just have to pray, oh, Lord, help us. And so year to year at the appointed time, they kept the feast. And when you're sanctified, there's a view to the future. 11, now it shall come about when the Lord brings you to the land, to the... Of the Canaanite, he swore to you and to your fathers and gives it to you, it's a gift. You shall devote to the Lord the first offspring of every womb, the first offspring of every beast that you own. The males belong to the Lord. Every first offspring of a donkey. Now, some of you have been waiting for the explanation on this verse. You shall redeem with a lamb. If you do not redeem it, then you shall break its neck. And every firstborn of man you sh- among your sons you shall redeem now a donkey is an unclean pack animal and so it had to be redeemed with a clean animal which is a story of redemption if you don't redeem the unclean with the clean then the unclean is destroyed and the point is that without the death of an intercessor or a uh, a redemption price paid the unclean has to die Here's the gospel. Jesus Christ, the clean one, died for the unclean ones. That's us, to bring us to God. The righteous for the unrighteous. This is the gospel. That's why a man follows the donkey in the same verse. And all God's people said, I get it. (laughs) I get the message. Sometimes we're stubborn, kind of like donkeys. Have you ever seen a donkey sit down and decide it will not cooperate with instructions from its master? It's a sad scene. <laughs> no, I'm not gone. And if John the Beloved was here, he does the frog sound and he would also do the donkey for us, but we know it's not a pretty sound. <clears throat> right? And it's like, no, I'm not going to cooperate. Well, This is what happened. This was a reminder of the redemption price. By the way, if you're wondering, sons were redeemed with a shekel price. In the book of Numbers, it's five shekels. So they were redeemed with silver. It's the silver shekel, uh, temple shekel. And so they were redeemed with money. You bought your son back. You gave him to God, and then you bought him back for the privilege of still having him in your house, unlike Samuel, etc. Everybody with me? So you bought him back. Once again, that's the definition of redemption, to buy somebody back. And so every time this happened, it would be a reminder. Why do you do this? Why do you pay the shekel price? Why does the lamb die? And when your son asks you, why do we do this? You shall say to him with a powerful hand, the Lord brought us out of Egypt. I was a slave. And I was rescued from the slave house. And it came about when Pharaoh was stubborn about letting us go. The Lord killed every firstborn in the land of Egypt. He said, They don't belong to you, they belong to me, both the firstborn of man and the firstborn of beast. Therefore, in light of that reality, I sacrifice to the Lord the males, the first offspring of every womb, but every firstborn of my sons I redeem, I buy them back. And so it shall serve as a sign on your hand. As phylacteries on your forehead, for with a powerful hand the Lord brought us out of Egypt. Now I'm going to just tell you a final story. It's in the book of Hosea, if you'd like to turn there, which is towards the back of your Old Testament Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, Daniel, Hosea. So in the Old Testament, prophets were given the uh, honor of prophesying over the nation, maybe warning the nation, making a predictive prophecy about the coming of the Messiah. And sometimes they had to act out their prophecies. Ezekiel did it. Jeremiah did it. And there's a prophet named Hosea who was asked to act out his prophecy. And here's basically what God told him. I want you to marry a woman who is going to be unfaithful to you. I want you to step into my world. And Hosea is actually the Hebrew name Yeshua. It's the one who brings us salvation. So the prophet steps into God's world and he pays the dowry, the bride price, and he knows when he goes to the altar to say the vows, she is going to be unfaithful to him. He knows it going in. Can you imagine that being your wedding day? Your first song would be, you're cheating hard. You you know it's coming, right? And sure enough, she cheats on him And he goes looking for her and she's in a slave market. Somehow she has found herself either sold into slavery or she is being pimped out for sexual favors to men. And there she is in this slave market. And Hosea, the savior figure, the prophet, walks in and he sees her. And he has to buy her again. He pays 15 shekels, three times the redemption price that we read about in the book of Numbers. And he buys her back. He he perhaps has to outbid other people. And he buys his wife back a second time. And they have a little dialogue. And he says to her, paraphrasing, Honey, please don't cheat on me anymore. You can read Hosea 3 later. You belong to me, and I to you. Please don't cheat on me anymore. And the bigger picture is that the redeemed people of God, God says to Hosea, my people keep wandering. I bought them, and I bought them a second time, and I love them. Please don't wander. God might say, you belong to me, and Father, I to you. Lord, thank you for your word. I do believe that this powerful phrase, you belong to me, can settle a lot of things for a lot of us. Identity, security, mission, destiny. It's all here. And thank you that we've been bought with a price, not a price of silver and gold from our aimless conduct, but We were bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And I pray, Lord, that when we come to the end of a day or a week, when we've not done something for your honor or done something for your honor, we could say, I belong to you, Lord. Help us to live out that reality, Father. We know how prone we are to wander. We feel it. We're prone to leave the God we love, take our hearts and seal them, for your courts above. If you're a believer and you've been wandering, this would be a wonderful time to come back and make that declaration, I belong to you. If you're not a Christian with your head and heart bowed and you've not made this official and maybe you didn't understand this redemption picture, ask the Lord to become your Lord, your Father. Say, Father, forgive me of my sin. Forgive me for wandering to false idols. I want to belong to you. Please save me. Thank you for the redemption price paid at the cross by Jesus, your son. Thank you for his resurrection to defeat death and justify me. Let me be born again into your family. I repent of my sin and I receive you as my Lord, my God, my savior, my king my husband Father for those who are articulating words in their hearts you know every heart all souls belong to you Ezekiel 18 says would you take and seal the ones that have confessed faith in you would you bless your people would you strengthen those who maybe felt like they couldn't go on one more day and may that hopeful phrase you belong to me cheer us on through the ups and downs the light and dark stretches of our lives we love you and we ask in Jesus holy name
0: you've been listening to you belong to me part 3 on walk in truth and that was the conclusion of pastor michael's teaching in exodus 13 verses 1 through 16 if you missed any part of today's program or parts 1 or 2 you can listen to walk in truth on spotify Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. And would you please do us a favor and encourage a friend or a family member to listen to Walk in Truth on this radio station? The same if you're listening on podcast. You can always just click that share button. If Pastor Michael's teachings have been a blessing to you, then hopefully they will do the same for someone you care about. Thanks so much for spreading the word about Walk in Truth. Now here's Pastor Michael with a final word. Well, the bottom
1: line on You Belong to Me is that when you make that commitment, when you make that uh, decision, that resolve, everything else falls into place. Jesus put it this way, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and he'll add everything else unto you. We just did a study in the book of Matthew during Christmas time, and we were talking about the meaning of Joseph's, Joseph's name, Joseph of the Old Testament, the book of Genesis, And Joseph's name means the Lord will add. And the kingdom of God is really about when you seek it first, the Lord adds. He doesn't take away. He adds to your life. Now, he might take away some things in his providence that he uh, decides are not really necessary for you. Don't get me wrong. But thinking about Joseph's name here, the Lord adds. And when we give him everything, he'll add all the beauty and all the most important things to our lives. Well, one way you could reach out to Walk in Truth is by calling a phone number. It's 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH. We have pastors here Tuesday through Friday, Pacific Time, about 9 to 4 p.m., 9 a.m. to 4 p.m., 844-48-TRUTH. We have people who call in and need someone to talk to, need someone to pray with, maybe even need a recommendation on a local church. We have a church right here in the city of Corona called Living Truth Christian Fellowship. I have the privilege of serving there as senior pastor. The church is right off the 91 Freeway and Lincoln Avenue. And by calling 844-48-TRUTH, you can also find out more about the local fellowship. It's 844-48-TRUTH. Have a beautiful evening, and we'll catch you right here next time tomorrow.
0: Remember, Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. Your financial partnership helps us broadcast on this station and provide the podcast for free. Also, more people like you can dive deeper into the word of God and apply it to their life. Please consider becoming a Walk in Truth monthly partner of at least $10 a month, or you can always give a one-time gift. Please visit walkintruth.com to give. And join us tomorrow for Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 13:17 through 14:4 4 called divine guidance and protection i'm mike massaro thanks for listening to walk in truth where it's our goal to equip you to reach out with god's truth to all people